From Lanyon Bowdler Solicitors, this is The Legal Lounge. Here's your host, Amanda Jones. Hello and welcome to The Legal Lounge. I'm Amanda and along with the lawyers and experts here at Lanyon Bowdler, I'll be bringing you a series of podcasts that cover many aspects of law in England and Wales. It's our aim to show you that the law isn't scary and nor are our lawyers. If you have a particular legal issue you'd like me to put to our specialists for an upcoming episode, please let us know by getting in touch through the website lblaw.co.uk forward slash podcast. If you're thinking about training to be a solicitor, this episode's perfect for you. Listen to our managing partner, Brian Evans, who's also a training principal, speak with newly qualified solicitors, Alex Spanner and Jordan Sadler. We'll hear about their journeys into law, their experience at Lanyon Bowdler and any recommendations they have for someone thinking about applying to train to be a solicitor at the firm. Hi, I'm Brian, and with me are Alex and Jordan, who I'll ask to introduce themselves. Hi there, my name is Alex Spanner, and I am a solicitor in the personal injury department. My name's Jordan Sadler, and I'm a newly qualified solicitor in the private client department. So I'd just like to start uh, by asking you both um, what your journey into law was. You know, you've just qualified, so uh, so where did the journey start? When when did you decide law, and how, how did you get here? So maybe, maybe Alex, if you want to kick us off. Okay, so my journey into law is is quite unconventional in that I, I started by um, studying history at undergrad uh, down at Cardiff University. And um, I did my three years at, at Cardiff and then I moved back to Shropshire, which is where I was born, um, where my family still are. And over the summer of 2016, I was lucky enough to obtain an internship at Lanyon Bowdler doing a role for the private client department. I had the benefit of being signed on for a couple of months to do a project for them. And I was sort of working in the office every day, getting a good sort of experience for uh, what the firm was about, the sort of general atmosphere at the firm. And at the end of the two months, I had a meeting with the head of the department at the time who said he was very happy with the way everything had gone. And he asked me to stay on for another month doing uh, some more work for them. and. One month became another month and another month and another month. And by about December, they said, do you just want to stick around generally? I started as a legal support assistant. Through that sort of introductory year to to sort of working in law, I um, really got a real taste for it and then decided to go back to university the next year and do the law conversion. So I went back down to Cardiff. I did the graduate diploma of law followed by the LPC with a master's and uh, over the next two years managed to get myself fully qualified and then returned to the firm in September 2019 to start my training contract. So a long journey but a good journey. So the LPC, just for those that don't know, what what is an LPC? LPC stands for the Legal Practice Course which is basically if you do a straight undergraduate degree in law this would be your standard fourth year or if you've done the conversion, it kind of works out as your fifth year. And the way it works is that it teaches you the necessary skills you need to be a solicitor. So the undergraduate course tends to be more about the actual content of the law, what the law is, and the LPC will teach you the, the finer points that you, you need to know if you want to do the job effectively. You know, good accounting skills, you know, sort of good drafting skills, the things that really, really come to force when you are actually working in the role. My route was a bit more <laughs> linear than Alex's. Uh, I originally wanted to do law when I was quite young. I think it was watching Judge John Deed. Eventually I got to A-levels uh, and there was an option to take law at that point and I decided I might as well have a go at it. 
I think it's a bit odd looking back, and it's always pointed out, been pointed out at interviews that uh, all my other subjects were science apart from the law, uh, and it was the one I decided to stick with. I then went to Cardiff University, like Alex, uh, but I did a straight law undergrad. I then managed to apply for a placement. Uh, and did a, a year at a, a Cardiff-based law firm. And I think it was at that point that I decided that this was a career I wanted to stick with, and it was something I very much enjoyed. I then also started doing some other placements, one in Malaysia, which was also quite good. That was quite interesting. Uh, and then, like Alex, I decided to carry on at Cardiff University and did a, an LPC with a Masters. So a placement in Malaysia, so not, not, not quite the conventional route necessarily, but, uh, but there we are. I, I suppose I ought to say at this point as well that you don't have to have gone to Cardiff University to get a job at Lanyon Bowdler. Lots of law firms you could have chosen. Why us? Well, as I sort of touched on earlier, so I am I'm from Shropshire, my family's in Shropshire, and... I uh, live, well, my family's based around the, the town of Ludlow, in which Lanyon Bowdler have an office there. Um, in, I believe it was 2007, Yep, they took over the firm of Morgans, which was a firm that both my father and grandfather once worked for uh, in the past. So I come from a long line of proud local solicitors. I've always been sort of surrounded by the sort of landing about the sort of working atmosphere and the people and I just think it's such a really sort of positive working atmosphere. I think we've always been very proud of sort of the work we can do locally and how we can serve people in the community and I just think that it just made so much sense to me to hopefully continue the, the good work that has gone before me. But no shortcuts, you still had to go through the same application Absolutely. process and still had to prove Absolutely. yourself just the same as anyone else. Yeah. Absolutely. So, Jordan, what about you? In 2017, my uh, family decided to move en masse up to uh, England because we were all originally from the Carmarthen area. Uh, it was at that point I decided that I needed to start thinking about uh, where I wanted to go with my career. And I started looking at local firms in the area in Shrewsbury, predominantly. Uh, and obviously one name that kept coming up was Lanyon Bowdler. Uh, and the more you looked into them, the more awards you saw and the more... Uh, the work that they did and how impressive they were. I, I kind of liked how intertwined the uh, the firm was with the community as well. That's lovely. So you've been through two years of training with the firm. So tell us about the, your experiences of the training contract and what you think you've, you've got out of that. So Alex. It's been a really sort of engaging two years. It's been a very unusual two years, not just in, in law, but in, in life in general. So both Jordan and myself started in September 2019. So we had uh, six months of what you would call normal normal office life. We were in the office every day, um, you know, surrounded by working solicitors. Offices, as they always are, are buzzing with telephone calls and everything. And then obviously from March 2020, uh, COVID-19 struck and we went into a national lockdown. And so the training contract experience moved remotely. And again, it's a it's a shift that you, you, you sort of have, but I think the level of support, I think everyone got up to speed really quickly. I think you always had the, the benefit of being able to, to get in contact with the people that you needed to. And I think it's been a it's been a bit of a learning curve, but I think it's helped me personally to sort of really push myself forward and develop the confidence that I need to you know, know that once I qualify, then there is a level of independence to it. And I think that's been really good. Like Alex said, it's uh, been quite interesting. I remember one of the questions that was always posed in interviews when you were looking at law firms was, what, what do you think is going to impact the firm in the future? 
Uh, and the answer was always predominantly Brexit. <laughs> I don't think anyone considered the idea of a pandemic and the impacts it was going to have across the country, let alone on law firms. Having said that, I think it's been very good. And I, I, I've said before that with this firm, it's a lot with how the closeness of the people. It's been quite easy to, to work within the pandemic and to do the training contract. I know Alex quite well and I know a lot of the other trainees and the staff and the partners. And there's this sort of closeness between colleagues that you didn't use get in most uh, firms I've worked in previously and I think that's certainly helped. Uh, it's a lot easier to pick up the phone when you think of a colleague more as a friend than a, a supervisor. Obviously there's still that discipline but I think it's certainly helped under these stressful conditions. Our training contract is actually focused around four different areas of law so I was going to ask you Jordan what four seats you did. My first seat was a private client, the, the department I've now qualified into. I then did personal injury, dispute resolution, and then back to private client. Tell us what private client involves. So private client is largely as most people might uh, expect. It's, it's helping individuals with their wills. It's dealing with estates after an, the unfortunate event where someone's passed away. And it's helping clients and individuals through that process, which is often quite difficult. And as you can understand, some people sort of struggle to deal with those situations and we like to be there to sort of lend a helping hand not just as professionals but there to assist them as part of their team on a personal level on a personal level yeah just be part of their team yeah Mm -hmm. so what about you then Alex what four seats did you do I started in personal injury back in September 2019 and then from there I've done clinical negligence, private client, and then I am back in personal injury, which is obviously what I've now qualified into doing as an NQ. So one of the benefits of a a firm like Lanyon Bowdler is that we're big enough that we've been able to give you four defined seats where you do sort of six month stints in in a particular area rather than sort of just be rather more generalist. Do you think that's that's helped your development? Yeah, I think it's been very good to be able to do it with all within one firm as well, because I do have a couple of friends uh, back from Cardiff who've had to do secondments to other firms. And I think um, you sort of lose a bit when that happens because you're not there with the team that you're hoping to grow into. So I think it's, it's very good with the, the size of the firm and the ability to stay within, within the team. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with Jordan. I think having the benefit of having a, the continuity throughout the process is really good. The way that it sort of works at Lanyon Bowdler is you have a, a training contract principal who will liaise with the various departments for you on your behalf. And at the end of every seat, they'll have a discussion with you. They'll see how you've got on, what you're interested in doing next. And for the most part, I've always found that, you know, my interests and what I want to do are being supported and, you know, I think it's it's really good and they do their best always to to make sure that you can follow the path that you want to do and, and get a chance to try a bit of everything. And, and during the course of your training contract, um, have you had much opportunity to go solo with clients or have you always been sort of, you know, sat in, in, in a corner of a meeting taking notes or, or how's it been? I think at the start, you you, you know, you, you need to have that process where you, you really learn the sort of procedure and you know, what goes on in client meetings. I've, I've had, I have had the chance to do quite a few, um, especially recently. I think, you know, as, as, as it goes on, your sort of final seat, the firm has a bit more confidence in you. You've got a bit more confidence in yourself as well. Um, and I have had the chance to do that. Um, during, obviously, the, the middle period when we were through COVID, there was a lot of Zoom meetings. And there's always, 
you're never left out of those sort of things. I was always invited along and it's really, really good learning to be able to sit back and sort of witness a, 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 a qualified solicitor meeting with clients, going through the information with them, even just the tone that they tend to take with the clients, answering questions sort of on the fly. I think it, it's a really, really good learning method and it's something that, again, when you, when you can't be in the office all the time, the fact that people make the time to, to do that level of remote learning has, has really made a difference. What about you, George? The learning hasn't particularly changed. It's more adapted. Um, like Alex said, we've sort of gone for more Zoom meeting and telephone calls where we would have usually had the in-person uh, meetings. Um, obviously, as things develop and change, that will change too. And uh, we will be able to get more hands-on again. But I think... Although um, Zoom and phone calls are a reasonable substitute, they're not quite the same as client meetings, are they? They're having that face-to-face opportunity. Yeah, and, and have you had the opportunity to, to, to fly solo with clients yourself? Uh, I have, I have indeed. But as I say, mainly on Zoom at the moment and phone calls. But I, I think you get the same experience, but uh, you just don't get that interpersonal connection. Both of you really have had a, a, a good balance between sort of learning by watching and, and learning by doing as well. So it's, you know, it, it's been a, a combination of the two. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, and I think uh, as we continue our seats, it, it's sort of like um, our supervisors take more of a hand off the wheel. But obviously there needs to be that development throughout and uh, it's when you're ready, essentially. And I think uh, it's been a good two years. Glad you've enjoyed it. You've obviously enjoyed it long, you know, enough to stick around and uh, and hopefully make your career here. Now you've qualified, so yeah, that, that's great. So you've obviously both had a, a good time on uh, your training contract, learned a lot, um, and would would recommend the firm as a place to train. So, what advice have you got to um, aspiring law students out there uh, about how they can make successful applications to Lanyon Bagler for training contracts? I'd say the first thing from my experience is to you know, if, if you get an opportunity to really try and take it with both hands. Um, like I said, I was initially signed on for a, a you know, a two month internship on a very specific project, which was, uh, you know, a lot of admin, a lot of data entry. But I, I think it was the, the enthusiasm I showed there that sort of, you know, I think if you can prove to people that you're there and that, you know, you're willing to work and you've got a good attitude, I think it really sets you in good stead. Um, and obviously I had the benefit of, of being able to carry on that work experience and, you know, it, it really sort of solidified that this was what I wanted to do as a career. For the, the sort of application process itself, I think it's really important to, when you're applying, the firm knows that you're not the finished article, but I think it's important to show the sort of potential that you have. And I think for for sort of applicants to to really make themselves stand out they just need to you know show a bit of of real initiative you know show that they've done their research about the firm the sort of the, the sort of areas of law that we do the the areas uh, the awards sorry that we've won previously you know where we work I know it's a it's a it's a pet peeve of the interviewers where we get applications where people apply and say they want to come work for us because of our reputation in international law. Now we we like to think of ourselves as, a, as an all-encompassing law firm here, but 
international laws one of the things that we don't we do a bit of cross-border stuff but yeah we are not we're not international legal experts yeah. or, uh, or or experts in admiralty law or aircraft finance yeah. or stuff like that and yeah the, the thing that annoys me is the the cut and paste letter where yeah. you can see that it's you know they're just using the same letter for everybody um and things like that are a, a dead giveaway that uh, you know we're just one of potentially hundreds of applications rather than somebody having chosen us because they really want to work here yeah, and I think that's that's something that we, you know, when when you can see that someone's really put the effort in, I think that's something that's that's really appreciated. Yeah, I agree with Alex. I, I think, especially with this firm, more than other uh, firms I've worked at, it's quite important to also have developed yourself as a person. Uh, I think, like I said earlier, with, with how the teams are, uh, it's sort of important to come to the firm with uh, a personality. Um, because although we are spread out across, like, uh, the Welsh and English borders, uh, the officers do know each other quite well. Colleagues get to know each other quite well. So I think just making yourself a well-rounded individual helps a great deal, not only uh, knowing the law. Uh, and I'll, as Alex mentioned, the, the one good thing that, well, the many good things about this firm, uh, when you first apply is that they do understand that you are still new to it. You still have a lot to learn. Uh, and they do take that into account. Uh, I remember in my interview, there was a few questions uh more the legal side that I did struggle with because they weren't quite disciplines that we uh, had covered in uni at that point. Um, but I think the firm sort of respect the fact that you still try, uh, you apply the knowledge that you know, uh, and that you're honest with them when you're not sure, because we are going to be learning throughout our training contract. And that is largely the point of why we are here. I think that's a really important point that Jordan's raised as well. So I think we'll talk a bit about the, the sort of the general interview structure um, going forward. But the firm appreciates that it's quite a stressful scenario for you to be in. And I think if you, you know, it, it sounds very easy to say, but it's a case of don't panic. You know, if you, if you need a few seconds to, to think of an answer, you know, take a few seconds, give a good answer. And it'll be appreciated more than, you know, panicking and just blurting something out as you go along. Take take a sip of water. That's what I did in my interview and it saved me a good 10 seconds of thinking time. So, <laughs> yeah. One of my uh, my interviewing predecessors always used to, say, you know, give that as a tip that, you know, ha- have a sip of water because it gives you a, a moment to think. And she talks about, you know, one chap who needed so long to think that actually he drank an entire glass full. Um, <laughs> But actually, did then come up with a really good answer. So I'm not sure if that was that was you, Alex, or yeah, it might or have not. been. Yeah, possibly. Um. <laughs> so um, yeah, we get about 150, 200 applicants each year um, for four to five training posts, and so you've really got to stand out a bit um, to, to a get selected for interviews. So uh, um, you know, we're looking for for people that. Uh, that really display a, a passion for wanting to work in, in this kind of environment, in, in this kind of geography, um, and in this kind of firm, doing the sorts of law that we, we do. Um, but having got through that first sifting process um, and, and into the, the, the sort of interview process proper, um, do you want to talk to us about the two-stage process that we have? So we have a first interview um, where we select probably about 25 people for first interview and then narrow that down to about 10 or 12 for second interview. So Alex, tell us about your experiences of the first interview. The first interview is it's a slightly more informal one. Uh, as Brian said, usually 
you've already whittled it down from about 150, 200 to, to sort of 25 applicants. And I had a panel of two partners on my uh, first interview. And the idea is that they will go through your CV and cover letter, which you'll have sent in as part of the application process. And they'll sort of ask you questions about you know some of the work experience that you've done before some of the places you've worked again you do feel a bit of pressure when you're there but you sort of you ease into it quite well and you it is quite informal the idea is to get to know you and sort of see where you are as a person obviously I'd for my interview personally I'd done work experience here before so I had the benefit of being able to to talk about you know my experience at Anya Balder and you know how my how I'd gone so far but you know even if you if you haven't worked here before if you're applying for the first time they'll still take the time to talk to you and learn more about you and I think it's a it's a really good opportunity to get your personality across you know show show confidence in what you've done and for them to sort of get a really good vibe on sort of what sort of person or lawyer you could potentially be any special hints and tips for first interview I know one of the the other newly qualified solicitors uh she she has a story about her initial interview um at the firm where she was from uh she's not she's not from the shrewsbury area which is where many of the interviews will take place and she was traveling here for i think the second time in her life and decided to as very very intelligently get here early and you know you don't want any issues with traffic and you want to try and make that morning as as unstressful as possible she got to the office very early, found herself uh, a parking space, was all fine, uh, but got here so early that she decided to pop across to the local supermarket across the road, which is Nasda. What uh, the interviewee didn't know was that Shrewsbury has a rather complicated one-way system, and she managed to get herself slightly lost in the middle of Shrewsbury, had to park her car on the side of the road, and as she describes it, run down the road in her kitten heels and make it with one minute to spare. So I think one of the, uh, you know, it's, it's quite the music story and she, she, you know, she, she does see the funny side of it. But I think the main takeaway from that is, is get here early, do everything you can to be as calm as possible and certainly try not to stress yourself out whilst you're there. Good advice. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, the first interview is the easy one, the informal one. Um, the second interview, if you if you get through to second interview stage, is a bit trickier. It's legendary amongst uh, Lanyon Bowdler trainees now that uh, the second interview is a, is is a bit tricky. So, uh, Jordan, do you want to tell us about the format of that? Uh, of course, uh, I'm just would like to comment on uh, uh, Alex's though, which is uh, one thing I did want to point out about the first interview is it is surprising how relaxed it is actually. Um, you're basically meeting three partners who when you usually meet partners in a firm you don't know that you're actually going to be working with them as much as you do at Lanyon Bowdler and uh, it was really quite nice and uh, unique to and refreshing to actually speak to them almost you know person to person uh, I did leave the interview thinking maybe I said too much but <laughs> uh, obviously it went well um, and then at the, I think it sets you up quite nicely for the second interview uh, you essentially come in and you, you're meeting partners that you've you've spoken to before. I remember when I first walked in, Kay was smiling and she had a lot of notes from the first interview. And it was it was quite nice to see that she actually seemed to remember you personally, uh, not just as another interviewee. Obviously, before you get in, you have about an hour to go through some questions on your own. Um, you're put into one of our little interview rooms and it, it's quite stressful at first I found uh, you sat there with the questions um, 
as I mentioned earlier, like there was one or two I wasn't sure about. And uh, I think you get you start to work yourself up a bit. And I think that's, again, where the first interview comes into play a lot. Because although you've got the stress of these questions and how you're going to answer them, almost like an exam in law uh, during the degree, um, it, it sort of helps to know that you're speaking to someone that you've already met. I remember the questions, well, they seemed to fly by. I don't know if that was a good thing or a bad thing. Uh, I don't remember doing too well on some of them, but on others, I think I held my own. And then I think after you finish the questions, it kind of reverts back to a meeting, sort of um, a greeting format with the the partners. A third partner joins at the second meeting, who uh, on this occasion was Gronya, uh, Gronya Walters. I remember it quite well because uh, I expressed at the time which um, departments I wanted to work in. And it just so happened to be the departments of two of the partners, although with time that changed. But I remember Grania came in and uh, she was she asked what other seats wanted to do. And I didn't mention her <laughs> department. I was like, oh, I don't know if that was a good move. <laughs> Clearly it still went well. <laughs> I think I put myself on the back foot there. But uh, no, it's I think it's a really nice process. The only thing, like I said, is this, the only stressful bit is... Uh, the exam bit, essentially. Yeah, so so there's a choice of, um, basically, um, we, we give you a number of legal scenarios. You, you pick two to, to talk to us about, and it'll be, you know, questions like advise the client what you would do in this scenario or, or, or something like that. And you've talked about actually maybe not having completed the LPC and uh, and how some of the questions therefore are, are a bit trickier. We try and ensure there's a good balance of questions so that if you haven't yet done your LPC and you're applying to us in the last year of a, a law degree, for example, um, that actually there's still enough on the paper that you can you can choose two. Um, so, but it's it's a good idea to bone up on your. Um, your contract and talk knowledge in particular um, before you, uh, you, you you turn up for, for second interview because it is a proper test of your legal knowledge. And uh, at, at the end of the day, you know, yes, we need people who are going to be good, personable um, lawyers who will get on well with clients. We want them to know some law as well. Um, and so we, we try and test for everything. I think that's uh, right. Um, there was a few questions. And like I said, you prepare beforehand because um, you are aware that you're going to have uh, some questions posed to you before you turn up and you will have done your research. But I think it is also important not to stress too much that there is a choice. Um, there will be questions that you know. Whether or not you think you know them beforehand uh, is another thing. But when you sat there in the room, you'll be surprised how much you can remember. I completely echo that. Um, I've, I've just been thinking back to my actual second interview as, as we've been sat here. I remember... Um, I, I'd really brushed up on my on taught was always my best subject at uni, so I, I knew I was going to do that one, and I um, was also looking at you know I brushed up a lot on on my sort of contract law, and I was planning on doing the contract law as the the second question, and I remember being sat in the room reading the talk question. I thought, brilliant! I've got so much to say about this. Um, I even remember pulling out a bit of case law in my interview, which Casey very impressed by at the time. Um, and I, I started reading through the contract question. I felt, oh, you know what? This I, I don't like this one quite as much. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, I was actually writing my. Um, I had to write do an eight thousand word long essay for my for the graduate diploma of law on family law, and not feeling as confident as I wanted to on contract law, I, I decided to. You know, not not quite last minute, but as I was planning it, I decided to go for the, for the family law topic, and 
you know, when I was giving my answer to, to the partners, I remember I went out strong. I did my personal injury answer first, which went really, really well. And then I went knowing that it wasn't going to be quite still good, but not quite as good. I decided to go for the family law one second. And, I, you know, I think if you are, if you are in that scenario, my advice is just going to be, you know, don't panic. Maybe you will mind blank on the day, but you just have to try and, you know, just again, calm yourself down, work your way through it. And I think, as Jordan said, you don't realise how much you know until you come under real pressure. And I think that's where you you can really pull the information out. And I think, I think you know, obviously, again, I'm here now, so that's very good. We talked about the fact that you do four seats during your training contract. Um, to what extent have you been able to choose those seats for yourself? And to what extent has the firm said, these are the ones you're going to do? For myself, uh, I think I've essentially been able to do every seat I wanted to do. For my last seat, I went back to private client again, which again, the, the, I asked uh, the training partner at the time, Kay, uh, and that was a, a possibility. And I decided to do that uh, of my own accord, just because I felt like, although I wouldn't have minded trying a different seat, uh, I thought it was important to try and have more experience in the seat that I wanted to qualify into. When it came to making choices, uh, I think I got pretty much every choice I made. Although I think corporate was quite popular throughout our uh, training contract for me and Alex. Uh, I think many people tried to choose it. But obviously there is the reality of space within the firm and the ability to have trainees. I, th- I think our cohort was around 10 at the time. And obviously if you've got all of them wanting to do with the same seat, it does make it difficult. But I, I'd say the firm did a good job on uh, trying to prioritise you when you wanted to do a seat and getting you the seats that you chose. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I mentioned earlier on, obviously, that there is a, a you know a, a training contract principle that you can liaise with and she'll liaise with the different department heads, or he or she will liaise for the different department heads on your behalf. As for my seat, so obviously the first seat when you join that's sort of, you are sort of given that seat because you have not been at the firm before but after that you know every time I've um, got to the end of a seat I've sat down with the the training contract principal and talked about you know how I found the last seat what I want to do in my next seat and again I think the firm does all they can to to try and accommodate as far as you know is practically possible I've had seats before where I've been asked if I'll help out and do this seat for six months, then, you know, I might be further up the uh, the board for the next set of seats on choosing, um, which, again, I think you, you just have to take the opportunity to impress as much as you can. You know, it's a two year contract. You can, you know, you've got four seats to do. It gives you the opportunity to try many, many different roles in different areas of law. And I just think that the four seats gives you such a good opportunity to try and work out what it is that you want to do, because it is quite a big decision to make at the end of the two years of what you want to specialise into. I mean, some people know from from day one, I, um, I, I knew when I did my training contract, I knew I wanted to go into litigation and that's what I ended up doing. But uh, But other people, you know, really don't decide until very late on. Um, so I, I knew what I didn't want to do. <laughs> That's probably just as important. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, I, I think we, you know, we 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 ask people to come with an open mind, and you know, sometimes you find that trainees maybe do a seat that they didn't think they really wanted to do, but then they find they enjoy it and they, you know, that they love it. We tend to say that you can pretty much guarantee that you can choose two of your four. Um, you'll you'll be 
put in the first seat as as Alex says because that's the first one and you don't know the firm and and, and what you want want to do really um and we may say you know you need to take another one for the team but we try and give you two of your own choice yeah I think what you said about keeping an open mind is quite important because when I first came to the firm I it never crossed my mind to do private client uh, I've now done two seats and qualifying into it so I think as well you can help yourself uh quite a bit by getting your seats um one by trying to know what you want to do or like Alex said knowing what you don't want to do speaking to the partners in those departments and speaking to your your training principal Alex and I dealt with our training principal Kay Kelly uh, and for the trainees of the future it'll be you Brian yeah it's a job that I'm really relishing getting uh, getting to grips with um, I think it's also important um, to talk to the other trainees and find out what kind of experience they've had um, within the, those seats as well. That's something that we certainly have benefited from. I know that the in the time that Jordan and I have been here, all of the trainees, you know, I think we all get on very well. Um, you know, we, we do social events outside of work. We meet up for drinks every so often. And I think as, as you sort of get towards being a third or fourth seat and you, you're more of a senior trainee, you do get some of the, the more junior first and second seaters. They do, they do ask you questions. They ask you, have you found this seat? You know, um, what was the area of law like? Was it interesting? And I think, you know, you, you, you take on a sort of soft mentorship role where, you, you know, you do advise them and say, you know, um, you know, this seat involves doing this, this and this. Um, if that's something that you're interested in, absolutely go for it. And I think that, you know, we're all there to, to sort of help each other, really, and, and do what we can to, to make everyone as uh, the best lawyers they can be. Brian, uh, Alex and I did what would now be considered the more traditional training contract with the two years of recognised training. And as we know, the, the route to law is somewhat changing. Uh, I was hoping you could tell us more about the SQE and how you think it might uh, impact the firm. Yeah, the solicitor's qualifying examination uh, comes into effect from September 2021. Uh, if you've already started your law degree um, before then, you've got a choice of either going down the traditional route, law degree or, or, or GDL or um, an, an LPC, followed by a two-year training contract, or you can go down the, the SQE route. Um, the SQE route is that you take two exams, SQE1 and SQE2, one based on legal um, knowledge, the other is, is really based on skills. A bit similar to a law degree versus um, a, an LPC, but uh, it's, um, it's multiple choice. You don't have to have done a law degree to do SQE1. You don't have to have done any type of LPC course to do the SQE2 exam. They're set by the Solicitors Regulatory Authority, but many of the same providers will be providing courses that you can do. So you you can very much still go down the, the same kind of route where you do a law degree followed by your SQE1 assessment um, and an LPC type course, which will prepare you for your SQE2 assessment. And then you do um, two years uh, work experience it doesn't have to be the same sort of format as a traditional training contract. You do two years, but it doesn't all have to be at the same firm. It doesn't all have to be done at the same time. As long as you clock up two years worth of experience, uh, then that's okay. In the short term, I think we see our system staying very much the same. 
it's great for trainees to experience a, a number of different types of law and have those sort of three or four different areas of law that they do during their training contract. Um, I think that gives you a breadth and it gives you some experience to expose you to areas that maybe you didn't think you were, you were going to enjoy, which you might end up qualifying in just, just like you have, Jordan. So I do think that having that sort of structure is still very helpful, but it does give the opportunity for more flexible ways into law. Um, school leavers can train as paralegals and work on, on a part-time basis while also doing some studying, um, kind of a, a, an apprenticeship type of model um, and qualify as a solicitor eventually that way. For the moment, we're sticking very much with the tried and tested type of formula that we've got at the moment, but I can see us, us getting more flexible over that um, as time goes by and as people get used to the SQE and uh, the degree of flexibility that it offers. So it's great to welcome you to the firm as qualified lawyers and I wish you all the best with the, uh, the rest of your careers with us. Perfect and uh, thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you. Cheers. Thanks to Brian, Jordan and Alex for explaining what it's like to train to be a solicitor at Lanyon Bowdler. Yet more proof lawyers don't bite. If you're interested in training to be a solicitor or working at the firm, please get in touch through lblaw.co.uk. That's lblaw.co.uk. And if you have a particular legal issue you'd like me to put to our specialists for an upcoming episode, please let us know by visiting lblaw.co.uk forward slash podcast. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show and find any of the conversations interesting or helpful, please remember to use your podcast app to follow The Legal Lounge so that you never miss an episode. That was The Legal Lounge from Lanyon Bowdler Solicitors. Visit lblaw.co.uk slash podcast for helpful resources. And please do follow or subscribe on your podcast app so you never miss an episode.